That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. I'm Rachel True. And I'm Trent Venegas. And you're listening to Quoting Gene Roddenberry. The 100-day podcast that celebrates what would have been the 100th birthday of the man that created Star Trek. Each day between now and the end of our podcast, August 19th, one of Star Trek's biggest icons, or celebrity fans, or both, will be quoting Gene Roddenberry. Then we're going to take a deep dive into why we think this sci-fi legend still has a lot to say to the world. Today's quote is read by Academy Award-winning actress, who you might know as Guinan on Star Trek The Next Generation and the forthcoming second season of Star Trek Picard, Whoopi Goldberg. I believe in humanity. We are an incredible species. We're still just a child creature. We're still being nasty to each other, and all children go through those phases. We're growing up. We're moving into adolescence now. And when we grow up, man, we're going to be something. Welcome back to the podcast, Quoting Gene Roddenberry. And Trent and I are super fortunate for these last few episodes to have son of Gene Roddenberry, Mr. Rod Roddenberry, who also has worked on the shows and done many things here. We're so excited. But wait, I have to gush over my <laughs> idol, Whoopi Goldberg, first. I just, Absolutely. she is one of the grand supremes, not the grand supreme, but one of the grand supremes of Star Trek. And I just love her to bits, and I love that the people who are doing the shows had the foresight to go, this Whoopi Goldberg, we have mm-hmm. a home for her. Uh, what I want to say quickly, Rob, before we get going, is this quote is really interesting to me because Whoopi read another quote that we did a while back where uh, it was sort of similar in a sense, that man is extraordinary. You yes. know, the last one she read is that man uh, was able to create all the magical things are here on Earth. Because again, when I was a kid back in the day, uh, space travel and, you know, Star Trek, everything was so big that we said, well, everything amazing that was in a brown place, meaning brown people, must mm-hmm. have been created by aliens. There's no way they could have done that on their own. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So Ruby kind of read a quote by your dad on that. And here's something similar saying, I just love how much your father, you know, and the show believed in humanity. So much faith. And I always say I'm a cynical optimist. So this podcast is maybe slightly more optimistic for where we might be going. But Rod, what are your thoughts on this particular quote that your dad said? Uh, I, I got to tell you, first of all, thank you for having me back. Um, th- this is probably my favorite quote. It really says everything that I think represents who my father was. And I'd say the backbone philosophy in Star Trek. I mean, you can tell in it that he has a reverence, a love, uh, a true appreciation for not just humankind, but all life and living life. We are an incredible species. You know, I mean, that's that's he's my, my father lived so many lives. He was a bomber pilot in World War II. Uh, he did 80-some-odd missions in, in uh, the South Pacific. 
He wow. uh, became a transcontinental pilot flying from New York to Johannesburg. He was a, in a crash in the Syrian desert while he was deadheading on a flight. He became an uh, officer of the LAPD. Uh, and then he started to get interested in TV. Television was coming out that time. Anyhow, the point is, in that time, he had seen, I believe, the, the worst that humanity had to offer. And I'm pretty sure he saw the best in it, too. He had the yeah. opportunity to yeah. experience the world and see different cultures and, and talk to people that looked at the world and the universe in a totally different way. Before um, the internet, listeners, like yes. this is where we talk. Time period we're talking about. It wasn't all interconnected like it was now. You had to actually look at an encyclopedia to learn mm -hmm, about another country. Mm -hmm. Anyway, no, Ron, no, no, and and he just he lived that. So I I think he had an incredible perspective on things, and really wanted to write about what we might be one day. Because being around in the forties, fifties, sixties, and and beyond, um, those were, I mean, tough times is an understatement. But I mean. Those were not good times for many people in this world. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And certainly fine times for the privileged. But uh, he, he wanted to share a story where we could all be privileged one day. And privileged by the sense of controlling the atom. I mean, don't get me going on the replicator. I, I love the replicator. And I, I, think, <laughs> I, I, I think that is, uh, that is a, unfortunately, that's a double-edged sword. That will deliver us to this great future we see in Star Trek. But unfortunately, it uh, gives the opportunity for people to do malicious things as well. But just like all tools, you know, I mean, like, look at the Internet, how wonderful a tool it is of connecting mm -hmm, us. Mm -hmm. And we now have, like, practically the sum of mankind's history in our the palm of our hands and access to it whenever we want, if we are fortunate enough to own a cell phone and have access to the Internet. But just like any tool, it can be used nefariously. And we see the toxicity that's we online. We have the sum so. of all alternate facts out there on the Internet. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Well, this quote and the one from yesterday, Rod, that we talked about, what I love about it is he's saying, listen, I'm pretty sure we're going to get past this current modern day uh, reveling in schadenfreude, mm -hmm. yeah. you know, because I had a conversation with someone about that today. Like, ultimately, we're all snarky and silly and witty and all that. But if we are, oh, I am, I'll speak for myself. OK, but listen, if we're reveling and feeling more powerful based on someone else failing or falling on their face or something like that, it is a sure sign to me that something's a miss in me. I, I love I'm that. I'm not right. Does that make sense what I'm saying, Rod? And because I see that in this quote. Yeah, if I understand you, I, I, I love that. And, and and something that I've, I don't know if it came from my father or whatever. I am not anti-American, but I am not America. We are the best. We are great. I am, we are human. We are together. We are great. I, yeah. mean, I mean, that's, yeah. it's cheesy perhaps to say, because I'm sure people have heard it before, but Sure, I want my family, my neighborhood, my state, my country to succeed, but I also want my fellow humans to succeed. Mm -hmm. So when another country mm -hmm. beats us to the punch to something else, good for them. I know there are social injustices around the world in some of these countries and stuff like that. I'm not saying I want to go move there because I think they're better than us. <laughs> I'm just saying right. let's be right. proud of us as humans. Absolutely. What I love about this quote is the first part of it. I believe in humanity, period. That's how he starts this quote. And I've mentioned before, I, I believe that Star Trek was his love letter to humanity. 
uh, your father, well uh, in one of the quotes, said that uh, if he had a love affair, it is with humanity. Yeah. Again, if it's another reminder, and your father, Gene, if he's anything, he's, he's a good reminder, carefully reminding us of things that I think are lessons that he hoped that we would learn by reminding us over and over again. And as he being the uh, biggest cheerleader, or one of the biggest cheerleaders for humanity, uh, he wants us to realize, you know, we, we are still being nasty to one another. In, in yesterday's quote, you know, we were still doing childish and foolish things. But it, it, in this quote, you know, we're moving into adolescence. Like, I kind of agree with that. I think we, we are getting into adolescence and what all of that means. But mm-hmm. I think we're bratty tweens. Yeah, absolutely. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> the one thing that, that he doesn't say in here, but it's the word that I think fits into the message behind this most is empathy. Yeah. Listen, I'm on my soapbox, but I do it every day. I react to something. I see something on the news. A politician does something. Mm -hmm. Someone does something stupid in Hollywood. I'm like, what an idiot. It's, it's that moment that you, if you can stop right before that and go, hold on, what is that person's life? Like, what did they just go through? And listen, Mm -hmm. I know I'm getting all kumbaya, but honestly, We should all respond that way. We should all take a moment before we do this and say, Rod, you're talking my language. I mean, mine too. I I agree. You know, I think it's it's very clear by if if people have been listening to me for this this long, Mm -hmm. realize that I definitely like to take the optimistic point of view. Like, yes, terrible things happen. And I'm reminded every single day, whether it's on the news or like in the actual real world, when I see like homelessness or whatever on the street, Mm -hmm, like there are mm -hmm. terrible, terrible things. But then I think about like, you know, my nurse friends who are, you know, working tirelessly to serve people who are suffering from this disease that we're dealing in this pandemic and how selflessly they give up their time and their own like uh, well-being, their medical health to save the lives of other people. So, uh, you know, for me, it's just a matter of how you look at things. Like, yes, it's so easy to get mired down and mm-hmm, bogged mm-hmm. down in all of the negativity and the sadness because there is a lot of it. But if we can combat that in any way, it, I think it starts with having at least an optimistic point of view to start with and say like, so Rod, exactly what you say. So when I see someone who's like, you know, laying on the horn and like they're they're screaming in traffic. You can tell they're really upset. And I'm just like, what is wrong with them? But I'm like, I know what that's like when I'm frustrated. Yes. Maybe I got bad news that someone got hurt or, you know, yes. uh, and, you know, you just never know until you walk in someone's shoes. So I also try to, if I'm going to be kumbaya as well, I try to put myself in their position and wonder there has to be a reason why they're reacting that way. And a little compassion for that kind of Cools me down and you're, and you're doing a better job than me. I say I try. I don't. I don't often <laughs> do it. I don't often but Rod, do it. Rod, you use you use a great word, empathy. You're mm-hmm. in these quotes, uh, totos of the almost 100 quotes we've done now. There's an insane amount of empathy, and again, we're seeing a uh, you know curated, perfection perfected version, right? Like there's written down stuff your dad said. I'm sure there are many more nuances as mm-hmm. every human being has, right? But when one thing I wanted to point out was judgment, which we've kind of talked about. Like I wrote a book, and listen, you're gonna laugh at it, Rod, because it's airy fairy, but it's youngy and tarot for people to help themselves. And there's a judgment card. Now, when that judgment card comes up, it's usually about our things we are embarrassed about that Mm -hmm. we have stuffed down. Mm -hmm. So then someone else does that behavior and we're really judgmental of them, right? Because it's so distasteful because we're really trying not to deal with our own 
shadow side or foibles or, you know, learning to apologize personally, I think fits into this what uh, this particular quote and a lot of them because it says we're still being nasty to each other. But in a lovely way, it follows up with and all children go through phases. Yeah, Yeah. which is actually really true. We've all been great and miserable. Have it. I have, you know, and you're right. And you're pointing it out even more succinctly to me that it's it's taking that moment when we all do that, I just saw some guy at the airport kind of lose it a little bit and, mm-hmm. you know, and, and people kind of scorned him and looked at him and he was definitely outcast from the TSA line at that moment in terms of what everyone thought. I hadn't done that before, but I had definitely been, I, I don't know if I can swear on this, but a little, you know what, at times, whether it's at the <laughs> airport or whatever else, because because I'm just pissed or something's going wrong. It's yeah. that moment, it was seeing him that allowed me to go, First, what an idiot. And then second, oh, wait, mm-hmm. you said this a second ago, Trent. Oh, I've done that. I remember doing mm-hmm. that. Oh, yep. crap. That was me. Raw, did it give you compassion? Sure. The biggest takeaway sure. would be that it would That's... give us all compassion for ourselves. So we right? got to be honest with like... ourselves, right? And check in and be like, you know what? I think I've done that once. I get it. A lot of us, a lot of us, and I'm including all of us, are running from that mm-hmm. because we've been taught you have to be perfect. You got to be perfect all mm-hmm. the time. So mm-hmm. I think what I've really enjoyed, and Trent, maybe you too, about these quotes is there's room for foibles. Yeah. Yeah. There's room for learning and growth because if I always say to my friends and stuff, if I didn't have the ability to forgive myself for my trespasses, mm-hmm. For my trespasses against others and myself, I wouldn't still be standing, yeah. you know? I, and I say this pretty, or I've said this before, that, you know, when I watch Star Trek, for example, I like to see myself in the Geordie LaForges or, you know, the Miles O'Brien, like the heroes, like Picard. Like, I want to see myself in that. But I don't always see myself in that. I see myself in the in the Reg Barkley, the, the, the you know, he's like a mess sometimes. He has anxiety and and he's fumbling and he's very nervous, but he's still very good at what he does. And there's a place for everyone on the Enterprise. So it's easy to want to see yourself in the heroes yeah. but when you recognize the the parts about yourself that you feel like you could work on in the anti-heroes or in the villains that's where i get a lot of like oh and you know so i can be entertained and still learn something not just about like humanity in general but about myself from watching things like star trek yeah yeah and, and then let go right you recognize it you forgive yeah. yourself because you learn from it mm-hmm. and then you let go that's, uh, Rod, you hit on you hit on the most important thing, which is uh, right, releasing the shame. Yeah, well, I can I can say it. I can't always do it. I can say uh, it. Though. No, well, no, but who can always? None of us can always do it perfectly. But the whole point is, I think a lot of people walk around in their their pain body, as Eckhart Tolle say, or their trauma. They wear right. their trauma yeah, right. as personality yeah. because that shame is still there. And like I've messed up a million things. <laughs> I'm not happy about it, but I did go through the process of saying I forgive myself for that I will learn and I will not do that again and then when I do it again I'm like guess I had to learn that lesson again but I keep getting up and trying 
And I think that's mm-hmm. happening. You, you all, we could talk about this forever. But two things I want. Trent's going to send you where to watch the video. We're very lucky to <laughs> broad this week. Also, if you want to sign a petition for me to play Baby Guinan or, uh, you know, be an extra in a scene Perfect. with Whoopi Goldberg. Yes. Go I'll sign right that. I'll go sign right that. ahead. But no, I'm saying that just because I, like everybody, love the EGOT winner. That is Whoopi Goldberg. Yeah. Uh, it's so lucky that we got her. C- can I tell you my post. Whoopi Goldberg story? Because I know we're getting close to the end. Please. I know, please I'm, do. Please. And I'm doing it just to make you jealous, Rachel. Oh, no. <laughs> at the uh, at the 50th uh, Star Trek convention in Las Vegas, uh, Whoopi came to the show and, and we briefly got to meet her. And she invited us. She was doing a show in Vegas that night. It was just sort of a, a little bit of a stand-up and she talks to the audience. Anyhow, uh, we went to it. Uh, oh, sorry. Earlier that day before. Oh, we went. Sorry. We went backstage and we got to meet her and talk to her, and we brought her an idic symbol. You guys all know what the idic symbol, it's the pendant, yes, the, the necklace. And we gave it to her and explained what it was, and she loved it. She wore it on stage, and then mm-hmm. I think someone asked what she was wearing, and she went into it. But then she called me out of the audience and had me come down to stage to explain the whole idic concept to people. So wow. uh, that was a, a, a pretty crazy but wonderful moment. And it was incredibly sweet and humble of her to recognize this outside of herself, to recognize mm-hmm. the idic idea, to give my father credit in a show that had nothing to do with Roddenberry or Star Trek. It was about her, but she gave time to recognize that philosophy. And I, and I cannot appreciate her enough for that. I oh, love that. No, that's really lovely. And that is what we would expect actually from someone like Whoopi Goldberg, right? And probably why she gravitated towards. I mean, she actively wanted to be on the show too. It Mm -hmm. wasn't like she was like, oh no, I don't know if I have time. She was like, I want to be on Star Trek. So (laughs) there's a reason for that. And that's why there's so much joy in my voice when I talk about either these quotes uh, by Gene Roddenberry or Miss Goldberg. So Trent, tell people where to say Miss Goldberg. Say this. You can watch Whoopi's video and all the videos on the Roddenberry social media accounts on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And we're very lucky to have Rod for a couple more episodes this week. So please join us again tomorrow for another episode of Quoting Gene Roddenberry. Bye. See you again. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Quoting Gene Roddenberry. We'd love to hear your thoughts on today's quote. So tweet us. Post us, DM us, whatever. We're at Roddenberry on Twitter and Facebook and at Roddenberry Official on Instagram. Quoting Gene Roddenberry is a Roddenberry podcast hosted by me, Rachel True. And me, Trent Venegas. Producing are Claire Kramer and Kelsey Goldberg with executive producers Trevor Roth and Rod Roddenberry. Engineering and editing are provided by Elizabeth Joy Windham. And special thanks to all those who were kind enough to read a quote and give a voice to Gene Roddenberry's everlasting words. Live long and prosper. 